Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Ooh, come on. Can we give it up for our band this morning? My goodness. Um, kind of felt like I needed to put a name tag on my jacket. This is me. I'm wearing a suit. I didn't lose a bet. I just love Jesus on Easter, and so I'm looking nice this morning or trying to. I have to say, you know, wearing a suit on Sunday, you know, I, I, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> it is not me. God knew to put me at a church that's five blocks from the beach. <clears throat> oh, man, it's so good. I'm so excited. I am so excited about today. And not just what we get to celebrate here at Beaches Chapel, but it, this is such a humbling day because as, as the sun rose across all churches on this globe, we're all preaching the same message. We're all singing the same songs. They might be different, but they're all the same. And we're all in this celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we at Beaches, think about this, y'all. We at Beaches Chapel get to take part in what is going on over the whole world. And we're part of that. How amazing is that? That's such a big thing. And it's, it is so humbling to be a part of uh, as, as we do celebrate this morning the resurrection of our Savior, of Jesus Christ. And we're actually gonna be wrapping up this morning. We've been doing a series called The Words from the Cross. And it's been a, a series based on the things that Jesus said while he was dying on the cross. And today, we wrap that up with the most important thing that he said, with all of it, right? And it comes out of John chapter 19, starting in verse 30. And it says this, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. It's the last thing that he said. But here's, here's what I really want to focus on this morning, or not just those three words, but I want to talk about punctuation today, all right? Because D Jesus doesn't just say, it is finished, period. He says, it is finished, exclamation point, all right? Exclamation point, and I don't think that there is a more important or more powerful exclamation point in the history of the world than the one that is written here in John. Because it tells us everything about what Jesus is saying in that moment. When he says, it is finished, exclamation point, what he is saying, that, that, is, not a, that is not a cry of defeat. Well, it's finished, God. I tried everything that I could. I did all that I possibly could. I walked on water, I healed the lepers, and I even died on a cross. But that's it, no. He says it is finished, exclamation point, because it's not surrender, it's not defeat. He's saying it in victory. He's saying it in celebration. And y'all, if you haven't noticed, that's what today is all about. We are celebrating with a big, old, fat exclamation point on the end. Because it is finished. Definitive. There's no arguing it. Jesus said it. And it is finished. That word finish is from the Greek to telestai. What that means is, is when, a, when a servant was tasked with something to do, he'd go out and do it, and he'd return to his boss, his master, he would say to telestai, which means mission accomplished, which meant what you told me to do, I have done exactly as you have asked. And think about that for a second. Jesus, while he is on the cross, he says it is finished, to telestai, to God. In other words, God, mission accomplished. God, I have done exactly what you have tasked me to do. 
In other words, this was not plan B, C, D, or E. This was not, well, we gotta figure something out. This was God's plan all along for Jesus to come down here to die for us. Mission accomplished. To telestai, exclamation point, celebration. That's what it's about. And what what I love when, when when I consider this, something that I just absolutely love about this whole deal is what the devil must have been thinking about in this moment. Well, wait a second. He just added an exclamation point to the end of that. This is supposed to be a time of defeat, and he's celebrating. I don't, it reminds me of if you've ever seen you know, those movies where, where the bad guy thinks he's kind of in control, and he's got his plan, and it's working, then right at the end, there's that plot twist, and the good guy comes, actually, ha-ha, you just played right into my hand. And I was in control all along while you were doing all those things, thinking you were doing the, the, your deal, I was actually letting you do that because that was part of my plan all along. You know what I'm talking about in those movies? And then you see the light bulb, that aha moment of the villain, and it, there's just, it, like their face turns white and there's panic. Like, oh no. Everything I did was in vain. Everything I did was actually what you wanted me to do. And I think that's exactly how Satan felt in that moment. To tell us, die, it is finished. What, what are you talking about? I just killed you. Jesus is going, nah, bruh. I got you. You think you had me, I got you. It is finished, the mission is accomplished. And what is finished is no more having to measure up to the law. No more having to feel like we have to do everything on our own to earn our salvation. No more walking around with guilt and shame and condemnation and beating ourselves up because of the sin that we commit. It is finished, those things are finished. No more separation from Jesus because we have sin in our lives. It is finished. Y'all, it is finished. The work, the trying, the trying to live up to someone that will never be. I'm talking to all of us in here. It is finished. God did it. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So yes, we are absolutely celebrating. Check this out. It was the cry, it is finished. It was a conqueror's cry. It was not said in defeat. It was not said with a whisper. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he did so with a conquering cry. And this is what I love about that. If you think about that, Jesus was telling us with those three words and the exclamation point, what was gonna happen in three days. Because you don't have a conqueror's cry if when you die, you stay dead. You have a conqueror's cry when you say, check this out, I'm not dead. I'm dying now, but I'm gonna be raised again in three days. And I'm gonna do it myself. So I am telling you now with my conqueror's cry that I have conquered death already before it's even done. That is a savior right there who can say that while nailed to a cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I wanna read, uh, but before we get to that actually, there's another part of that verse that is so important. It's not just the exclamation point, but it's Jesus, and it says that he bowed his head. He bowed his head. His head didn't hang. It wasn't because he, he died that his head dropped. It was, he said, mission accomplished. It is finished, exclamation point. And now, God, I bow to you in surrender, in reverence, in submission. I give up, I'm, I'm bowing, I'm giving it up. I, I'm not defeated. And let me tell you something, there's not a moment There's not one single instance or moment in the death of Jesus that has anything to do with defeat. From the moment that he's kissed on the cheek in the garden, 
to when he's beaten and bruised and spit on and mocked and hung on the cross. Not one of those moments is about defeat. Every single one of those moments is about victory. And here's the amazing thing, y'all. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we ask him into our heart, we inherit, we get with that the victory that he walked in when he was in those moments. And so, you can look on your life, just, you know, and, and, and I wonder, when people were the observers, the spectators, the people that were watching and they saw what was going on to Jesus, there, there's no way that anyone there thought, well, he's in control. He's got this under control, he's good. They even mocked him on the cross about that very thing. If you're the savior, get down, save yourself. See, he can't do it. They looked at his situation, they looked at what he was going through, and they, they mistook authority for submission. And so that whole time, he was never defeated, not once. And again, when we inherit Jesus, we're never defeated. So we need to know that no matter what your circumstances look like, no matter how defeated you might feel, no matter beaten up you might be feeling with life in this world that we are living in right now, you need to know that when you have Jesus in you, you are never defeated. We talked about it. The conquerors cry, y'all. The conquerors cry. You know what the word says about us in Romans 8? We are more than conquerors. So Jesus was a conqueror on the cross, and as are we. So we need to stop looking at our circumstances and how much we're getting beat up and replace the question mark of our faith with an exclamation point. How, how would our church look like? How would our life look like, our marriages, our children, if we replaced question marks of faith with exclamation points of faith? If we said, God, if you can do that, did you, could you heal this? Could you restore this? To know it is finished, God, you will restore this because you have conquered it and you have called me more than a conqueror. So I'm gonna walk in victory even though everything around me might look like defeat. There was never any part of Jesus' death that was about defeat, only victory, and the same for us when we walk with him. We are not victims. We are conquerors, period. We have to start living like it, though. All right. I want to tell two quick stories about why Jesus was able to say, it is finished with an exclamation point while he was on the cross about to die. And it comes out of Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Here's the thing about this, this leper. He was a social outcast, disease-ridden, right? And, but he sees Jesus. He's saying, there he is, right in front of me. And he sees the opportunity to go to him, even though there was a large crowd around him. And this is the most remarkable thing about the leper in this moment. Read what he says. You can heal me and make me clean. There is no question mark there. He is declaring to Jesus, I know you can do it. I know you can. And so my question to all of us in here, all those watching online, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? 
When you see him in front of you, in this moment, even today, where we're at right now in church, do you believe that it is finished? Or are you putting a question mark at the end of that sentence? Today, it's about putting an exclamation point there and saying, yes, you can heal me. Yes, you have healed me. It is finished. Here's the thing. As this leper approaches Jesus, it says that he touched him. And you know, if you've, if, you might have heard this story before and, and, and the point that can be made is that Jesus touched this guy who hadn't been touched and there's this moment of, of contact where Jesus goes and, he, and, it's, and it's, for the first time this leper has felt in, you know, affection, and which is all true. But you know there's more to it than that when Jesus touches this leper? Do you know that it was actually against the law for you to touch a leper? It was against the law. And Jesus, this, this is so awesome, Jesus breaks the law to touch the leper. He broke the law. And when he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, exclamation point, he broke the law. He broke the law that that was the standard for us to have to live up to, that no one could, which is the whole reason Jesus came. So it's like he took, there was like a piece of wood that had the law written on it or the tablets or whatever and he just broke it in half and said, we're done with that. I've broken the law so that I could reach out and touch you, just like he did the leper. But do you believe that he can heal you? Do you believe that it is finished? Because I'll be honest with you all, those of us that have accepted Jesus and maybe those of us that haven't, what we like to do, and this is crazy, but it's just who we are a lot of times, because we forget about the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, is we take the pieces of the law that Jesus broke and we put them back together. We tape it together and we say, we we put it on the shelf and we say, okay, that's what I'm gonna try and earn my salvation by. Jesus is going, what are you doing? That's broken. It doesn't work anymore. It is finished. I broke the law for you because I'm the only one that can heal you. And I'm here to tell all of us this morning, the law is broken. You don't have to live up to that anymore. Jesus died to set us free from that. It is broken. It is finished. Exclamation point. Hmm. The reason that Jesus was able to do this, to break the law, is because of his authority over the law. Jesus supersedes the law. The law tells us that if you mess up, you're to be punished, right? The law tells us you have to do this, that, and the other to earn your salvation. But Jesus' authority overrides the law, and he says, I've got it for you. I've paid the price for you in everything. So if you believe do you want to be healed? Because though the leper was, was sick on the outside, all of us have that on the inside. All of us have that disease of sin on the inside. And Jesus is just waiting for us to say, I know you can heal me. And in that moment, as soon as we go to him and we say that, he reaches out his hand and he touches our heart and he heals us in the way that nothing else ever could. It goes on in Matthew chapter eight, same chapter, different story, starting in verse nine. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. 
I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. Let's give it to verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to these who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This man understood when he saw Jesus what authority really was. Not that Jesus just had the authority, but what authority really was. And I believe there is such, one of the biggest problems that within the world and inside the church is we have a misunderstanding of what authority is and what it means. Because when we hear authority, we hear someone's gonna take my rights and they're gonna, I'm gonna have to do this and the Lord's, uh, God's gonna lord over me and, and just push me down and I'm gonna have to give up this, that, and the other. And that's what authority is. And that's what the world says and that's why the world's like, oh, just live however you wanna live. No accountability, anything like that. And what do we see? We see a world that is confused and miserable and searching and searching because they don't want to sit under authority because they have misunderstood what authority is. Authority in Jesus is not being a slave to Jesus. It's being free. It's being free. When we follow Jesus, we don't give up anything. We gain everything. We gain healing. We gain peace. We gain courage. We gain love and grace and mercy. That is the God that we serve. And when we give our lives to him, he says, all right, I got you now. You're under my authority. You're under my protection. And I love you. And you can know that because I died for you so that I could cover you. That is the authority that Jesus has. So let's not get that twisted. Jesus' authority is something that we should crave, something that we should desire because I don't know about y'all, but I don't have all the answers. From day to day, I don't have all the answers, but I know that my God does. And if I sit under his authority, I can say, God, what do you want me to do? Direct me by your Holy Spirit and I'll go that way. And I can go in faith under his authority, knowing full well that he's gonna take care of me because it is finished, exclamation point. That is the authority that Jesus has. It is freeing, it is good. And it's not up to us, thank you, Jesus. We're gonna have the band come up and we're gonna wrap things up this morning. This is ultimate authority right here. In Luke chapter 24, starting in verse one. It says, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Watch the punctuation here, y'all. He isn't here, exclamation point. He is risen from the dead, exclamation point. All right? So we are celebrating this morning. We're celebrating what God did for us on that day. When the enemy thought that he had won, Jesus said, no, 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 no. My mission was accomplished. And I believe in that moment of complete torture of this death, I believe Jesus had a moment, even if it was just a breath of pure joy, because he knew what was about to come. Bible says, in Romans 3, 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. 
All of us have sin. At Beaches Chapel, we say that Beaches Chapel is a home for all to begin and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we say that because we know that all of us, all of us are in the same boat. We're a mess and we need a savior. We can't do it on our own. Jesus did it for us. And so we receive his grace. We receive his love. We receive his sacrifice. We receive the exclamation point that was at the end of that sentence, it is finished. Because the Bible also says in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift is eternal life. And so what we earn with sin is death. But Jesus said, I got that too. I have your wages of sin. I have your penalty of sin. And I'm gonna put it on me so that I can give you eternal life. I'm gonna take away the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, and I'm gonna give you a home in my kingdom. I'm gonna reserve a place in heaven for you to telestai victory for you. And I did it all on the cross for you so you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to try and live up to this thing. You don't have to wait and, this is my favorite, get my life together before receiving Jesus as your savior. Because if we follow that track, we're gonna live the rest of our lives trying to get our life together. And we're never gonna receive the gift that he has for us. And I want us to, I want us to take a moment to have that opportunity. Romans 10 verse nine says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So for many of us this morning, maybe this is our moment like the leper or like the Roman official where Jesus is in front of us. Are we gonna seize the moment? Are we gonna, are we gonna believe that he can heal us? Are we gonna remove the question mark and put an exclamation point there and believe that what he did was enough for us to heal us of everything, of all the things that we're walking through in life. If we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. There's not a laundry list of things to do, it's two things. So what I wanna do right now is just bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you've prayed this prayer before, awesome. Let's tell Jesus again what we think of him. So just repeat this prayer. If you would like to receive Jesus, if, you, if you're sitting in your seat, if you're watching at home, and you would say, I wanna believe, I believe that he is the son of God. Pray this prayer after me. And for those that have, just repeat it with me as well. Reaffirm your faith this morning on our Easter morning. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came to this earth, that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again, all for me. I ask you to come into my heart and to be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're gonna, re we're gonna receive communion now to remember the things that Jesus did for us. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your sacrifice. And God, as, as, we, as we took this communion two days ago, Lord, it was, it was in somberness, it was re with reflection, and, 
I'll even say a little bit of sadness, God, even though we knew what was coming. But God, today is a different day. Today we take this communion to celebrate, Father, to join in with that exclamation point that you started thousands of years ago, Lord. We do it now because we know, Lord Jesus, that when you said it is finished, it was only beginning. You conquered death. You said I, you, that, that, that cry was a conqueror's cry because you knew then that you were gonna conquer death. Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken and beaten and bruised, shamed in front of all sorts of people, the body that chose to stay on the cross and suffer a death that we can't imagine because you wanted a relationship with us. And you knew that we couldn't do it. And you weren't satisfied, Lord. You wanted us. You wanted us. Despite our, our sin, despite even our reluctance, sometimes despite our unbelief, you stayed and you endured the worst death imaginable. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we all just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you made a way, that the veil was torn, God, and you allowed us to have a relationship with you. So we take this bread right now, Lord, not only in remembrance, but with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed on that day, dripping down from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet, Lord, covered in blood for us. The blood of the perfect spotless lamb that washes us clean every day so that when we continue to mess up, Lord, we can run to you, sin-stained and all, say, Jesus, heal me, just like the leper. And God, we know that because of your blood and your love for us, you reach out and you touch us. You grab hold of us and you wash us with your blood and you make us new. And you do that every single day. Your word says that your mercies are new every morning and you are faithful, God, to do it because your blood is stronger than the sin in our lives. It's your blood that makes us clean. God, I pray, Jesus, right now that we would receive that blood, Lord, that, that, that cleanliness, Lord, that we would walk in it every day. We would walk in a life of repentance, asking forgiveness, God, not in shame, but knowing that we're going to you to cleanse us and that you do it and you never get tired of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blood that was shed. Let's take the cup. Let's stand up as we finish this morning. Hallelujah. That exclamation point is not just punctuation, y'all. That exclamation point is your name. It's your name. So Jesus didn't just say, it is finished. He said, it is finished, James. It is finished, Ryan. It is finished, Louise. It is